Hello, and welcome to Share Your Health Wealth, where everyday people share their stories about their discovery journey to health and wellness. This podcast is sponsored by Eider Via Health, and I'm your host, Michelle Dupre, transformational health coach, master's level social worker, and fellow journey human. I provide a comfortable space for you to share your highs, lows, and everything in between, along with lessons learned about what physical, psychological, and spiritual health is to you. I believe that when you share a story, you evoke healing and new understanding for yourself. And when you hear and relate to someone else's story, you no longer feel alone, but instead you join a community. Welcome to the community. Mr. Ross Dupre is joining us today, and uh, we'll be asking a couple of questions of Ross Dupre, Rossi Poo. <laughs> what, Ross, how would you define health? Well, uh, animals and humans are alive or dead, and there's uh, situations that can lead to either uh staying alive or going towards deaths. And uh, I believe that health would maintain the alive state and hold off death, I guess, because we're all going to die eventually. Yep. Uh, but if I were to be unhealthy, that death state would arrive sooner. You reminded me of like a science teacher as you were saying that. Like, <laughs> like a science professor. Like mixing science and philosophy oh, in, yeah. in your answer. <laughs> <laughs> then it sounds like what you're saying is health is life. Lack of health is death. Yeah. I, I'm reminded of uh, cigarettes and people would say that that's uh, another nail ah. in the coffin. Mm-hmm. And the more cigarettes you smoke, the minutes come off of the other end of your life. Right. Yeah. Ooh. And then that fits so well with what you just said you think health is. So it's well, like smoking is unhealthy because it moves that closer. Yep. Interesting. I like that a lot. That's a really cool way of looking at it. So there's a sense of biology to that, what you're talking about. There's functions that work because you're alive. And death is the absence of those functions. So... Along the same lines, then another question on a different dimension might be then what is psychological health to you? Well, I know that we aren't able to perceive the world as it is, because if we could see infrared and like Wi-Fi signals, then we would go, we wouldn't be able to live because my, my focus would be on all this other stuff that I can't see right now. And there's a lot of systems that contribute to that state of knowing the world around us. The mental health part of this would be able to do what's necessary. As far as I know, the human body requires five things. And the first one isn't obvious because it's oxygen, it's air. We do all the time. We We never think about it. Breathe in, breathe out. Yes. Right. Now we're aware of it. (laughs) (laughs) We went from unaware to aware and just like that. that. And now I'm making myself breathe. Right. So I'll I'll continue to talk so I can distract myself. But that's kind of the point. Uh, We don't have to think about breathing. 
So if I were to get into a state where I have to constantly think about my own breathing, I would say that's not a, a healthy mental state. That's fascinating. So this concept of awareness, I think, is something that is discussed around mental health on a on a pretty consistent basis. The awareness of self in your environment, the awareness of assaults to the self, not just physically, but emotional assaults. And the idea that one way of defining something like depression is that you're constantly aware of how bad you feel. And so, like you said, when you're focused on your breathing, all of a sudden, that's all you can focus on. And so if you're focused on what's not feeling good or you're focused on trauma, that can turn into something like a depression where you can't get out of focusing on it. And then what you just said is it's about awareness in a lot of ways. So how do you overcome focusing too much on maybe the the assaults or the breathing of the mental health part of their brain. We'll call it that. It's kind of a, a metaphor for that. Do you know of any way of getting out of that? Like how does a person, if you've had personal experience with that, like how do you stop being so focused on it? And how do you expand your viewpoint then when you're in that space? Uh, it's a difficult question because we're all different. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that works for me may not work for you. Um, I found that the amount of caring has, uh, has an effect on me. If I don't care about something, it's not going to be in my focus. But if, uh, for instance, I used to be concerned about my hair, I have a bald spot right here and, uh, watching movies and media, I think has gotten me to believe that having a bald spot is not a good thing. Mm. And. So for me to not like that part of me, Mm -hmm. I'll focus on that. If I'm out with other people and I'm constantly thinking about, oh, what if she thinks, or what if she sees my bald spot, or what if he makes fun of my bald spot kind of thing. Yeah. If if I don't care about that, and I have to make that decision myself, I have to actually decide to not care about my bald spot, which I have done, uh, then... That's what I have to do. I love that. That is so important because you're talking about self-acceptance, that there's this love acceptance of self. You are a unique individual on this planet for a short period of time. And to take up time caring about a bald spot because our society around the time you happen to be existing has an opinion about that. And that you would become sad or depressed in some way because of that. Seems like such a waste of your generous energy. A waste. Yeah, that's the perfect word. It is such a waste. Because back in Roman times, you know, maybe like socially that was a, you know, a sign of strength and and vitality and power to have a bald spot. Maybe people shaved back there (laughs) just to have a bald spot. And now because we live in 2022 in the United States where everything's about how you look and, you know, that all of a sudden that's something bad. It's, it's so interesting. Well, I'm glad that you don't care about that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You don't deserve to waste your energy on that. (laughs) I would shave my head 
Well, I've had to do the same kind of thing. It's not that important that I fit into my clothes. I can go buy new clothes. Like what's important is that I can lift my dog up if we have a tornado and I need to get his butt down the basement stairs because he's too afraid to do it himself. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's that's really what I need to care about. If that means that I have to give up caring about what size my jeans are and whether I can button them or not in favor of doing yoga and stretching and having movement and, and the ability to be mobile, that's what's important to me. Not whether I wear a size six, eight or 10 or whatever. So I'm going through the same thing. Like I'm going through the same process of what's important, what deserves my time and my energy. Mm-hmm. So cool. Well, one last question then. The, the, the top of the pyramid, if you will, what does spiritual health mean to you? Oh, wow. That's, uh, that's an e- even deeper question than the other two. It's far more difficult to answer, especially if um, talking to someone who I don't know uh, their spiritual uh, beliefs, because I can, I can use a whole sentence of words that may mean different things to you than they do to me. And that's the first problem that I have come across when talking to others about spiritual uh, topics. I really don't know how to answer that question um, in terms that anyone could understand. I think that we'd have to sit here for a while and kind of pound out what different words mean because the word God to me may not mean the same thing to you. Right. Well, can I challenge you then to look at it a different way? I think we're, we as a society are wired to talk about spirituality in a sense of here's what I believe and um, and that it's it's all belief based and that you get into uncomfortable conversations when you're talking to someone who doesn't believe the same thing or who starts questioning your belief or who starts saying, well, I don't, that's dumb or I don't believe in the Bible or, and then all of a sudden you're like having these conversations that start to feel really nasty. So what if I were to say then instead of spiritual, looking at it from a sense of what do you believe spiritually, how do you know if you are spiritually healthy? For you, like the health word versus the belief word, does that change it for you? Does that make it more open? No. Mm -mm. I'll take a stab at it. Uh, When I'm feeling good, I believe that's related, if not directly tied to my spirituality. Okay. The word spirit, for me, it's... uh, it's related to what some scientists would call the life force. Mm-hmm. And ants have a life force. Does that mean they have a soul? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, but they get out of bed in the morning and they go to work. And True. for me to get out of bed in the morning, I have to be spiritually up or high or positive. And when I'm spiritually negative, I... I'm prone to uh, holding someone else down or berating someone else, taking my frustration out on another person. That would mm-hmm. that would be a result of a negative spirituality for me. I had an instant kind of connection to what you were saying in the sense of the life force <clears throat> and feeling good for you is 
and I'm interpreting what you're saying, so correct me if I'm wrong, but it it seems like feeling good for you means that your life force is flowing freely and positively through you. And if you're feeling bad, there's some sort of life force blockage and it's it's weighing you down and it's making you act in a certain way? No, uh, the life force flows what I'm doing or how I feel. Mm-hmm. It's my choice ah. what to do with that force. Gotcha. Okay. So I can manifest and move things around in the world by, like, uh, let's say I grab some dirt on the ground and put it over to a different place. That's me using my life force in, in a way. And what I can do is use that life force in a good or bad way. I can hit someone, for yep. instance, or I could caress someone. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think that's the difference. God, it's so complicated. And, and how do you have that conversation with somebody in a, in a deep and meaningful way if they're not getting what you're saying or you're not using the same words in the same way or you're defining them differently? I think that that's what I heard you say at the beginning, too, is that you almost have to set parameters to say, when I say this word, <laughs> this is what I mean. It's not what you think I mean. It's what I mean. And and it, it does sometimes behoove us as individuals, if we want to have those conversations, for us to take responsibility for saying what we mean. And that can be hard. I mean, that can make a five-minute conversation last like five hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And he'd still come out yeah. on the other end. But, <laughs> Wait, what? What happened? <laughs> what happened? Wait, what do you believe? Uh, do we agree or not? I can't tell. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't have to agree. I mean, I think that's the, the the culture that we live in is like, we have to agree or we are enemies. If we don't agree, then we disagree. Right. If we're not on the same side, then we're we're enemies. Like all that crazy noise. It It's like what you're talking about. I feel the same way about life forces. Life force exists no matter what. All that other stuff is man-made. Yep. Great. Well, one last question really is, do you, as far as the things we just discussed, you know, physical health, psychological health, spiritual health, do you see that you've been on some sort of journey when it comes to all three of those things? Do you have like a, a time where you can remember, like, I felt nothing about this stuff and now I feel all these things about this stuff. Do you have like a journey like that? Absolutely. And uh, I'm really glad you asked that question because no one's ever asked. No one really cares. Everyone's so, I mean, I'm generalizing here, but everyone's so focused on all these other things that. Right. So that makes me feel good. Thank you for that. Good. Yes, it's absolutely been a journey. Uh, And I do have a whole story. There's um, landmarks in my journey or turning points. I wasn't necessarily raised as an atheist. But there was an absence of religion that our parents provided us with. Right. They didn't make us go to church. Uh, So in that absence, I became an atheist. Uh, That was my choice at the time because that's what I knew at the time. Uh, But today, looking back, clearly I had no wisdom. Uh, There there was a lot of knowledge that was completely missing. I call myself a Christian, but we're back to the words. What does that actually mean? And right. does that mean the same to you as it does to me? I don't think it does. There's people who say the word Christian, but they're talking about something else. Right. From Absolutely. my perspective. Yep. And it's to the point where like that word means nothing to me. Like, oh, they're, they're a Christian. Like that, what that, 
what does that mean? <laughs> Nothing. Right. And you know the tree by its fruit. And that's from the Bible. And what does that mean? Well, if someone truly is a Christian, you'll see that they're a Christian. You don't have to hear them say it. They will act like one. Yep. So my starting point was of ignorance. And I chose to be an atheist. And what did that mean? It meant there was no God. And what I've realized is that atheism itself is a religion. They mm. believe in an absence of something. And um, I just didn't believe in what other people were calling Christianity or God or whatever that. And I was, uh, I needed to see it to believe it kind of person. Right. And Which is so interesting because I'm the opposite. You have to prove to me it doesn't exist. So something like our spirit, everyone's like, well, where's the proof? It's like, no, I see it opposite. Where's the proof that it's not there? You know, but we kind of go to the same place, which is we're both still looking for something. We're just coming at it maybe to the middle from different sides. Oh, yeah. I see that. What I see your journey is that you're coming around to spirituality from a different direction. Just exactly what you said is mm -hmm. how I've seen. I don't see you as a religious person. But I'm not. Be, and what is religion? Religion is the practice of a belief. Well, I've always, honestly, this is something I've been, I've said very consistently throughout my life is I don't believe in organized religion. Right. That's different yeah. for me. Yeah. I don't believe in, in organized I don't either. religion. Yeah. But I'm still an adult baptized Christian. Right. Right. It's complicated. <laughs> it's not, it's definitely not easy. I'm learning so much about what's out there in the world that I never knew was out there. The Akashic records, which is fascinating to me, Reiki healing and energy healing and shamanism and things like energy healing with like the Mayans and and what the Egyptians believed. And we had all these cultures that was all prior to Christianity and trying to intersect all of these different things can be overwhelming. But I've always felt this way. I just never had words, like you said, you know, linguistics. Is that what it is? The words yeah. for what this is. I've always felt that there's a creator, an energy force. I always felt that there was the aura and energy of people and how when you meet someone, you're like, mm, just, that person is just not my person. Like, I don't know. There's nothing wrong with that person. But then I've learned about how we have soul groups that if you believe that your soul continues and in, in, after you die and uh, it's in the form of energy that we have soul mates. So like the word mate is like how they use it in England, right? It's your friend. And that we have soul mates that we, we know up in wherever in the vibrations and we, we come down and manifest as humans and we're like, Hey, I'll see you down there, man. Like I'm going to, we'll, we'll, we'll hook up. Like <laughs> I'll see you. And then I think about all my, my friend group, we're meant to be in each other's lives for some reason, or we wouldn't have met. And, but the same thing about people I don't like, and it's not personally, I, I don't hate anybody, but there's just certain people that's like, you're just not my mate, man. Like we just, we aren't up there at, we're on the same vibration. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just not there. And it's, it's just fascinating, I think, to think of things that way. Mm. It's like, well, we chose to grow up together somewhere along the lines, maybe, to challenge each other. You know, that there's a belief that you pick your parents. And again, this isn't all stuff you have to believe. This is just what I'm talking about. It, it's kind of interesting to me if, if you think of it that way. Like, 
we chose to be brother and sister to challenge each other on something or to learn something from each other. And you chose the parents that you chose for a certain reason. And so did I, you know, things like that. It's just fun. I think it's fun to kind of think about. Um, I don't necessarily believe this, but I'm considering that our souls, when they're all together, let's call it heaven, I guess, the space time and time space. Like we're all separate in separate bodies down here in space time, but up in time space, we're all one. Mm-hmm. And I believe that when we are there, we see everything and we know everything because it's all happening all at once. Yep. Existence in that dimension, I guess. Yep. It could be a totally different dimension. I think it has to do with Buddhism where all living things have souls. But So I don't want to kill right. a cockroach. <laughs> but I do. <laughs> well, I, I caught one here. And <gasps> I, let it, I let it go. I caught it in a cup and a piece of paper, slid paper under there, took it outside, and I let it go. So you rehomed him. Yeah. Like, you can live. You just can't live here. <laughs> I was trying to catch another one that I found in here, and I killed it while trying to catch it live. And <gasps> I, I, Oh, my God. Are you going to hell? <laughs> so, exactly. Like, But uh, I have done spiritual bad uh, to others uh, in my past. I've... Uh, Let's say I would berate someone that brought me the wrong order. Oh, I, what you can't do your job, and you know, I'll take it out on them. That is what I believe a debt is—a spiritual debt. Yes. And so the the prayer that's in the Bible is, "Forgive me my debts, as I forgive those." Uh, let's see, how'd that go? <laughs> forgive me my debts, as I forgive those. I think it's forgive my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against me. Right. My debtors. Forgive me of my debts as I forgive my debtors. Yeah. I'm asking God, which is my belief is that dimension, that spiritual source. The source of the spirit is what I believe God is. And so I'm asking everyone who's ever been to forgive me. And I have to forgive those who have been spiritually bad to me mm-hmm. so if someone berated me for some wrong that i did i have to forgive them I, mean, I don't have to but but that's the that's the deal yep if god's gonna forgive me i gotta forgive the people who have done me wrong we're on the same dimension more than i thought because yeah everything you're saying is i'm like yeah yeah i i've been reading about that i've been hearing about that i have a book that i could recommend for you. It's very hard to read. Uh, I didn't get a bunch of it. You probably would. It's all about the dimensions and the time and the all of us together as one and vibration and sound and your karmic debt and what happens, all that stuff. It's really fascinating. It changed some things for me. Like you, you don't wait till you die to figure out your karma. You better do it while you're alive. (laughs) That's the point. Mm-hmm. Forgive people, be kind, be generous, be compassionate, show love, give love, all those things. You do that before you die. Yeah. My last question would be, what was this like for you? What was this this uh, interview like for you to, to talk about these things? How do you feel? I feel lifted spiritually because you asked me questions that 
make me feel like I'm, I have value. Excellent. That somebody wants to know about right. how I'm dealing. Mm-hmm. And that makes me feel good. Excellent. So thank you. You're that. welcome. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing because you could have easily been like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the answer to that. I don't have an answer to that. <laughs> so that's awesome. That's the point. Please join the sharing community. It's easy and fun. If you're interested in being interviewed and sharing your story, please connect with Idervia Health at itervia.net under the Share Your Health Wealth application tab. It's a relaxed and comfortable conversation, and you will get something out of it to help you along your health journey. And you will help others along the way as well. I can't wait to host you.